What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. First time joining the show, welcome to the show. Got a good one today. It's Logic. My man Logic is in the studio doing his thing, looking fabulous in his Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor dream coat robe he got on, sprinkling the studio with color and good vibes. He's so funny and so cool. And I am on tour being funny and cool with Bobby Lee. Come check us all over the country at badfriendspod.com. You can see all the dates, all the tickets, badfriendspod.com. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It is Logic in the house. Hello. Bobby T. What's yeah. up, dude? How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming through. Thank you. A little bit of Pappy uh, is running through our, blaine, our veins, our blains, our veins right our veins. now. Thanks to uh, my boy Whiskey Pete dropped this off. Um, the 15 year, the old man smoking a cigar. If that doesn't speak about the South, That's the a, old I, white guy smoking a stoke. I bought that for uh, Aaron Judge. For the judge? For the judge. Are you a fan? Are you a, are you a Yank? Are you a Yank fan? I guess technically, because he, he's like one of my biggest fans and so yeah. nice. And him and uh, Ryan, my buddy Ryan Callahan, who works over at, um, for the Yankees, they pulled some strings and I got to throw the first pitch. It was really awesome. And was it good though? It was, it was, oh, it was what good. What are we talking? Heater down the middle? It wasn't heater down the middle, Split but it finger? wasn't, it wasn't lame. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't lame. Right. It was not whack. And I'll never forget, as I was so nervous. I mean, you have to be. That's absurd. Because it's not like, what I do. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, not what, what it's not what you do. You want me to rap? I'll fucking rap. My I'll ass rap on the mound, bro. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh man, I was a little nervous, and my wife was there, and all my friends, and it was amazing. I mean, I got to like make beats on the field Nuts. before anybody came. It was it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, and it really made up for the fact that I um I never I couldn't play sports because I couldn't afford the jerseys and stuff. And like the fees that it costs to be on a team, I just couldn't do it's that. It's expensive. It is. And, you know, I grew up on Section 8. Didn't you as well? Yeah. Well, yeah. When, I, when my mom was single, we did, we lived in subsidized living because yeah. uh, my mom didn't want to get uh, child support from my old man. She was like, fuck that. I'm That's not getting gangster. money. From yeah. She was like, no, no, no. I'd rather live broke without than try to get money. He didn't have any money anyway. So. Dude, I'm, this is already, I'm feeling it. It's nice. It's good jazz. Um, suffice to say, it was a blast and I was walking to the mound and this guy up in the stands, I look over, he goes, hey, Logic. I go, what, what? I look over and he goes, this is New York City. If you fuck it up, they will boo you. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. And I'm like walking to the mound and- He's right though, huh? Isn't yeah, that funny? It was scary. Cause then they're like, welcome Logic. And you just hear all these people cheer. And then you hear a few people go, fucking boo. <laughs> Don't like, fuck this up, logistics. Yeah, it was, it was, it was scary. But I did it. I did it and it was great. And once I was, once that was over, I could really enjoy myself and drink. Yeah, and and then party, right? You yeah. had to be called. Well, I mean, look, not to take a shot, but you know, the worst of all time was fifty fifties. Have you ever seen Fifty Cent? It's like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. I, I'm not trying to start a rap beef. No, you are right now. So you heard it here. <laughs> Logic, Logic and Fifty Cent. And 50's you know, first I pitch. actually met him once. He was so nice. Same. I met him one time when I was a PA years ago. Mm. He did a movie for this movie uh, studio that I was a intern for, and <clears throat> um. He was at the party afterwards, and I, I kept thinking how wild it was to see this dude in a suit 
who had been shot in the face nine times talking to these executives in Hollywood, like shaking hands and yeah. being sweet. And I was like, but that's growth and maturity. I know well. it's great. It was, it's it was just, just beautiful life. to watch. I was like, this dude, this is so crazy, man. But you had actually asked me about this shirt because I wear. It's funny that I'm wearing an Alcoholics Anonymous shirt as I'm drinking bourbon. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, you know. But the reason why is because I'm a kid who grew up in the program because my parents were both addicts and and alcoholics, and so I actually have a song that I just wrote about uh, this on an album I released called College Park, um, and I talk about addiction and how I saw that growing up, and it kind of scared me straight, and I didn't really start drinking till I was about 27, and it's because of the program that I have a healthy relationship with with it so that's why i wear the shirt you proudly. do al anon do i do it no i no. was there you did it did so it. so i was like no like with my mom Lived with it. my dad saw it yeah would go three times a week to meetings the dances don't get me started on alcoholics anonymous dances <laughs> it's not not really a pretty sight i mean no. all these people dancing and there's no booze or drugs anywhere yeah no i no I, it's, <laughs> i'm just kidding no no you're right though it is weird it is weird you're it like a weird concept. how's everybody vibing yeah i my dad uh prison when i was a kid addict and uh so i grew up seeing it as well mm. it also is the reason i stay away from drugs drugs mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. i like to sm i like to poke a little smart but other than that me too yeah mushrooms but like yeah my dad liked drugs when i was a kid too i got to go to some of those meetings i didn't like them because it associated with like trauma from my childhood yeah, so i sucked it sucked and the people were always super invasive and asked a lot of questions and i was a kid and i didn't really like any of that stuff either Shout out, the program's great for people. Oh, I just, 100%. I just didn't like to, I just didn't love being It honestly there. kind of scared me straight. That's yeah. what it really, that's what it really is. It's like right. I, I just, I saw it and it brought me a lot of pain every time I had to go because it's like, we'd go on Thursday, but my mom's getting shit-faced that night. Before she goes in. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or after or this or that. It's, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it was a wild, it was a wild ride. But that's excuse me, that's addiction. You know what I mean? It's, it really is a, a sickness. And, and I had to like learn that as I, as I got older. Um, yeah. You know, even like just seeing it and witnessing it. I don't know, man. It just did something. It made me appreciate. It, for sure. Yeah. And your old man is, is, I mean, you have a relationship now where you, now you guys are posting on the internet together all the time and having yeah. this like growing, loving thing on the internet, which yeah, is fun to watch. Yeah, that literally just happened though. Like, but it's great like to watch. Two weeks ago. Yeah. That's great though. I hadn't talked to him in forever. You're right. It is. It's fucking amazing. First thing my dad does, I let him back in my life. I call him. We're calling back and forth. We're talking. I say, dad, you know, the last time I put you out in my life is because you, you stepped across the line. I, I, I keep drawing lines and you keep stepping fucking over them. And I'm like, just don't ask me for money man like don't ask me for yeah. money and he's always like trying he's like bring me on tour and da 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 last time when i was talking to my dad he asked me for a million dollars and you gave it to him fuck no i no. didn't <laughs> give it to him he said i want a million dollars said for what he said for my band so that we can buy a house and make music in it. oh okay exactly i'm like what <laughs> no man so i ask him once we you know get back together and i was like listen please don't ask me for money can we just like fucking throw catch or some shit yeah you know and he's like all right all right this motherfucker flies in he's not there for six hours he's like i need you to buy me a truck <laughs> immediately and then that goes into i need you to pay all my bills yeah and then i'm like dad no but we had this and and i i would always get angry so first and foremost the reason my dad is back in my life is because there's a 50 year old version of myself whose dad has passed and he's looking back like, damn, I wish I had the wisdom to at least try it again and set new boundaries or in a different way. And so I, I thought about that looking at my own son. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And so when he asked me for all that fucking money again, mm -hmm. I just said, dad, 
why are you asking me that? Like, instead of getting mad and doing what I've always done when I was younger and just get on, a, uh, take this first cl class plane ticket back home and get the fuck out of my sight, like, mm -hmm. and all angry and stuff. I was just like, why, why are you asking me that? And he goes, I don't know. And I said, that's the best fucking answer you've ever given me yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like, rather than trying to come up with some bullshit or make me feel bad for my success and da da da, whatever, he was just like, I don't know. He's like, I just, I want to leave something for your little brother. So, after my dad, my dad had me in um, 1990, got a vasectomy, and then five years ago somehow knocked up this woman. It came through. Yeah, she, strong, crazy. She died of a heroin overdose, but his stepmother now she her name is T. She really loves him and takes takes care of him. And um, I got the idea. My dad has always wanted to do music with me. He's always want me to do this, that, and the third X, Y, Z, all this stuff. He's always talking to me about money. And in that moment of me just asking him why I got the idea to do an album with my dad. So we're working on an album right now. That way I can educate him, mm -hmm. really teach him about the music business, black ownership, publishing, fucking leaving that legacy to his little boy. And I'm going to set all, all the money is going to, half of the money is going to go into a trust that I'm going to create for my little brother in his name. And then uh, the other 50% of the money is going to go to my dad. He can do whatever he wants. And then uh, for his contribution, even though I don't owe him shit, I'm going to give him a nice, cut him a nice check as a thank you for his services. And bro, we've already got like five records. They're amazing. Really? They're actually really crazy good. I can now I'm, I'm very excited. Now, what does he do though? Is he, he sings, he, he sings plays, and he uh, plays African percussion, you know, he's on congos and mm -hmm. shit like that. And yeah, he vibes. He's wild, man. My dad's, my dad's a crazy guy. Is, is the process with him similar to when you work with other artists or is it so different that you oh, have to like so move to a different place in your mind? Like, is it all, is it late night sessions with him? Is it during the day? It like, was what we could get. Cause he, they were, they were only, we were only supposed to hang out for like four or five days. And, um, well, we did only hang out for four or five days, but my brothers came on my, my dad's side and they're twins and they're 43. And so, and they're like, you know, they're doing great now holding regular jobs, but they, you know, they're from the streets running, running around busting guns and selling drugs. They sold crack to our dad, like wild shit. Hey, keep it in the family though, you know? For sure. Keep that money circulating. <laughs> yeah, what a bar. Um. <laughs> But yeah, man, so I brought them out and we all just really reconnected. Not, I can't even say we reconnected. It was like the first- First time. Real connection as men. And it was so special. And I got my brothers rapping. I'm going to give them publishing. Oh, shit. It's a family affair, man. I already got the album artwork. I found this rare, my father showed me this picture I've never seen of him as a child. As, mm -hmm. like, as like five years old, black and white, 60s, fire car behind him, like- top hat you know it's beautiful little black boy and that's gonna be the cover it's gonna be amazing that's dope you know what is it what's it gonna be called do you know i'm not sure yet that's tough i'm not sure i th I have an idea and i might talk to you about that off, off camera, camera just okay, good. Then, then that's when all my fans go new logic albums such right, and right, such right, right right and it's like bro i don't know when this is coming i don't know how it's gonna do but it's been really beautiful and it's kind of been cool to see and my daddy still asked me for wild shit and then it's kind of just more like all right daddy that's enough yeah, but, but seeing your relationship online, is it's just fun to watch because it's almost like, uh, I feel like people got it, people got a taste of a version of this with Drake's dad in a mm, weird way. You yeah. know, when his dad came into his life and he, he kind of put him out and he put him on stuff a little bit. Those two together are like infinity stones. Like if you, if you brought my dad and Drake's dad together, they might blow up a strip club. Or something. Honestly though, should though. Should be. Should be a reality show. You Listen up, uh, any TV network. Put right. Drake's dad and your dad together. Cause it's, it's, but it's cool to watch that relationship because what you just said kind of struck a chord. Mm -hmm. Not to jump back, but honestly, 
I've had this moment now that I'm, you know, f- almost 40. It's like, I've always been like, man, why, do I want to reconnect with my dad? Reconnect, reconnect and do the thing because it's been hard over the years. And then I have that moment where at night I go, well, I don't want to die. I don't want him to die. And then me go, damn, I should have said X, Y, Z to him. I don't know why I didn't just do the thing after these years of childhood resentment. You know what I mean? Therapy gets you to a new place. But for me, shout out therapy, shout out therapy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make space in my mind and my heart to be like, Hey man, I'm a grown man. You're a grown man. Maybe we need to redevelop this, which we're trying to do. Last time I was home, I saw him and I'm seeing him more, but have you said that to him. Like, no, nah, because said our, it like that. Like, no, nah, because our conversations are it's we're we're so different. Is like, he like a hard ass? He's just he's just he's. Can't, is it hard to speak to him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Because because same for you. But like where I come from, nobody does this. Nobody does this. This is crazy. I'm an entertainer in comedy, and like it doesn't exist. They can't rap. You know, to my dad, it's like you're doing a movie with Kevin Hart. What's he? What's he like? Give me. What's his thing? What does he eat for lunch? You know, and it's like, I don't know, man. It's like hard to, and it's not me just being disrespectful to him. It's like, I don't think I'm special. I just think th- it's hard to connect because his world was Chicago, the streets. Chicago. Chicago, the streets, growing up as a street kid and nobody was in fucking entertainment. So I'm trying to talk, but I'm learning how to do it as I get older. Because a lot of people deal with this, of like reconnecting Dude, with their parents and how do you do it? It's and... why I want to do an album about family. Yeah. Like that, it's, that, you know how lame that would seem if I was 20? I'd be like, I don't give a shit. I just want to rap and, you know, look cool. Yeah, and get high and have fun. Yeah, whatever. You know, but now as a man, which is weird, this <laughs> is like, I'm 33, I'm a fucking man. I got a kid, I got another one on the way. Yeah. Congrats, by the way. Thank you very much. Yep. And I think about, what matters most, and it really is family. And I think the reason I I always felt like it wasn't is because I never really had it. Mm. But now that I look back in retrospect, I always did because even my friends that were there and are still here to this day, they were my family, bro. Right. They were there for me. And it's kind of a, a odd concept because you think about blood. Like, no, blood is your family. But, <clears throat> you know, my in-laws are like the parents I never had in many ways, and we're not bound by blood. You know what I mean? Like- I know that's like, duh, but it's like, we're not related. But once I married this beautiful woman and we had this baby together, it's like, yeah, you are. You are it's, bound by blood. Even though it's transient, it's not their blood in you, but it's through her to the kid. You know what real. I mean? That's real. Yeah. It's yeah. A real thing. That's still, that's still the bond. By the way, that's an interesting, you say that because my dad always says that blood, the blood thing always for him. He's like, that's blood. You never forget that's blood to you. That's blood. And it's yeah, always but like, what about like the, the father who, uh, I don't know, molests his, uh, children. It yeah. just, is that cool? Is it's that like, cool? <laughs> it's like, nah, you know, that's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I can't tell you how many times people are like, that's your dad. Like you can't do that. Or my mother who used forms of sleep deprivation on me or like the wildest shit that like she went through and experienced and she did, she said like the craziest stuff to me. And she put me through so much hell and it was like psychotic. Like it was literally, bro. Would keep you up for days at a time? Not days at a time, but all night she would like, I'll just never forget. She would just make me stand or sit in a chair because it did happen multiple times. And she would just sit there fuming. Not saying anything to you? Not saying a fucking word. Holy shit. And anytime I- And you're how old? Five, six? No, okay, okay, okay. okay. Because I got to go to school. Or not 11, I'm like 10. Because then she took me out of school to homeschool me, but she just taught me hooked on phonics and how to drink a lot. 
I'm sorry, but that it's is all good. That is wild. It's pretty funny. Hooked on phonics and had a drink. Yeah. So it was. It's just like what what that woman put me through um, was terrible. And I look at my son and I'm like, how could anybody ever, you know, yeah. treat somebody that way? And um, in the throes of addiction, then you understand. Yeah, for sure. Ah, eh, no. There's I mean, a, it there's a lot I don't understand. Sure. But I the thing I do understand is that she was mentally unwell. Yeah. And she was an addict. And so I go, all right, with that information, it still hurts a lot, but I understand that this woman is ill. Yeah. She's sick. That's how I, I don't say, when I say things about my childhood, about my dad, it's always like, it's not an excuse, but it, it, it gives, it sheds light on why certain things happened. I don't use it to be like, well, you know, he's an addict. I wouldn't do that, but I would go, well, this makes sense. I don't, I may not fully comprehend it, but. I do see how these things connect. For sure. That you just disappear. And Which you, when you're young, you don't. No, when you're, you're a kid, like, you couldn't What the it. fuck? Let's go fishing, man. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Why don't you want to take me fishing, dad? Yeah, it's like some real shit. I actually uh, interviewed my dad because I'm starting a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm getting it ready. Nobody really knows about it like that. And I'm excited. It's coming. It's coming. And one of the guests is my dad. See, I want to do my dad. I want. I never had my dad on and I want to do it. But it's also, that's heavy, that's heavy for me. Yeah, but I also think- have the talk first like yeah, like yeah whatever yeah. you're feeling that you have yet to say to your dad do that first for sure because you for don't sure. want to like somehow do that here and then you're like, on oh, camera shit and it's just maybe it doesn't come out the right way or maybe he says some wild shit oh no he will yeah i'm like dad so, look at that camera and say sorry <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but yeah family shit makes you who you are you know and i i think um i think that's something that's going to be really special because there's also so many sides of me, and I think that's a side that that the world hasn't really seen. You know, as a rapper who's been doing what I've been doing for the last decade, that's all I've really shown. I've I've definitely shown people me. I've shown them like, oh yeah, I'm fucking biracial, and fucking like all this shit. I like I like anime. I like Star Wars. Da, da, da. Like, and fans have connected with that. I think they've connected with the fact that in many ways, in my I've been an outcast or didn't really fit in, and they felt that way in their lives. And yeah. I think that's what makes me me but now that i'm stepping into this new realm of like like i'm not here to promote anything today yeah just that's to be. what's awesome though yeah. it's like you know making these amazing rounds on these awesome podcasts with amazing people like yourself this is what i want to do now i just want to be me i want to be a personality i want to have fun and i want to um show that side of me but i think some people don't get the bit sometimes well yeah which is funny because like I'll do some podcast, like I'll do a podcast and like maybe it's a little more serious. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like if I was like going to sit down with Obama, I wouldn't be like, check out this chick's ass. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he might like, though. He might. Uh, look at that chick's no, ass. No, but you just say something. You're just like, ah, beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah you is. correct yourself. But no, do you know what I mean? I, I think I'm always myself. And if you put me at a table with 10 people that know me in different spaces, they would still all see the same guy. Well, yeah, that's important, right? But when you take somebody's fan base, like yours, who might not <laughs> know who I am, or I'm acting crazy wild with Theo Vaughn, and I'm mm -hmm. like doing my Kaufman, I'm doing like the version of Logic that's wild, and mm -hmm. I'm trying to make a comedian laugh, it's like, it's different. So I'm seeing how a lot of people don't get that I'm just joking. Yeah, but that, that <laughs> it's amazing. But there's uh, there's people that aren't gonna get it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Fuck them. Like, yeah, fuck them. I'm rich. Fuck em. <laughs> Is that true though? It's like the same thing with music. When you make music, it's like not everyone's gonna like your shit. I think when you're young, you want everyone to like you, everything you put out, dude. And then you, when you get older, you're like, yeah, fine, fucking whatever. 
Yeah, but like, I wish I had that fucking mentality even three years ago, man. Like it was, uh, it, it came in. Is my neck fucking red? No. Okay. Do you feel it now? Do you feel like you're free now? Like you're like, fuck it, man. You'll like it if you like it. Yeah, I really fucking do. Like yeah. I really do. And I think my fans know that. Cause I used to always like, I used to be like my identity and da, 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 and all this and like, like respect me. Like, and I, cause I fucking deserve respect, but it's like, bro, I have respect. I'm respected by legends and music and entertainment. I'm respected right. first and foremost by my fucking family, by my friends. Fuck everybody else. Easier said than done. Uh, but now that I'm here, man, I really, I'm just like, bro, I wake up every day and like, I'm not stressing about shit, you know? Good. Cause I used to like, it used to, it, it. It does still hurt this much when somebody's like, oh, you're fucking lame or I hate this guy. And I'm like, you don't even know me, bro. Like, yeah. you don't know me. But then, I, and I would go in my head, I'd be like taking a shower and washing my balls and I'd be like, dude, I've like donated money to people. I've been there for people. I help people. This guy says I'm an asshole. I'm a good guy. Welcome. And I'm like, why? And now I could give a fuck about yeah, that Yeah, who guy. gives a shit? Because I spent my whole life wanting to be loved. Uh, by everybody and I think the reason that is is because my mom and my dad never really loved me or showed me love so then it it, beca it became this this like um, rat race to worldwide acceptance which is impossible yeah and on that journey I found a way to accept myself and it's dope hell yeah it's dude. a fucking vibe it's a vibe dude yeah, I, as you're, by the way as you're washing your balls I've done <laughs> I know when you're tugging on your nuts and you're like what the fuck was that guy saying about me why I did they don't fucking know me. Yeah. That these moments of clarity when you get balance, and I do think it comes with age and time. Like at my age yes, now, man. for sure, I'm like, whatever, man. Fans that love me, love me. They know I put out work. Nobody really knows what you go through, so uh, you you can't try to convince them of your version of your life story. Mm. Uh, they are, you know, you are who they say you are to them. That's on them, man. Whatever it is to them, that's on fucking them. In here. We pour whiskey. The weather is warm. I want to get outside of my yard and play around with my dog. I know you do too, whether you have little kids or, or little pets. You want to roll around in the yard with them. And what makes that hard is when your lawn is filled with harsh, nasty chemicals. And that's where Sunday kicks in. All right? If you're like me, you love spring, you want to get back out there in the lawn with your dog. And it's time to reclaim your weekend. Sunday lawn care. Uh, can take one thing off of your to-do list. Sunday is incredible. That's everything you need to get the lawn you've always dreamed of with Sunday. This spring, go to GetSunday.com slash whiskey and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. They know what it looks like. No trip to the store hauling heavy bags, uh, and they ship it right to your home. You don't got to go get it. Uh, you just need a hose to apply. You got a hose, and you can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show, which is Dave or Beef or Royal Crackers, available on Adult Swim and also available uh, the next day on HBO Max. I'm on a bunch of stuff. Please go watch some of that stuff. They only use ingredients you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods. Trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry. You're back to enjoying your yard. Sunday is easy and affordable. Some of lawn care services out there cost more than $1,500 a year. But Sunday's full season plan started $109. Come on. Sunday is here to help you get that lawn looking amazing. Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just $109, and you can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash whiskey at the checkout. That is GetSunday.com slash whiskey. 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash whiskey. Hey, if you ever looked yourself up online, boy, oh boy, is it scary and weird how much of your personal information can be leaked out there for someone to find. It's really gross. You may be surprised at how much is out there, but I got to tell you, your full legal name, your email, your home address, phone numbers, everything can be found on the internet. Personal info is out there for them to find. There's a data breach all the time. I just read of another one 
that happened to uh, a creditor that I used to use. And in 2022 alone, uh, there were more than 1,800 data breaches that exposed personal information for over 422 million individuals. That's way too many people. Okay, even the most tech-advanced companies in social media, telecom, and crypto have been breached because of the vast sensitive data that they possess. So how do you help this? Well, Aura is here to help. All right, I'm thrilled to partner with Aura because they're an all-in-one online safety solution that helps you protect you and your family from identity theft, financial fraud, and online threats before they happen. Aura, you can rest easy knowing that someone is looking out for you. If you've been a victim of ID theft, their experienced white glove fraud resolution team is going to help you navigate the credit bureaus, uh, initiate locks and freezes, and work with you around the clock to resolve that problem. I got to tell you, they're great. They have a, a, an entire suite that helps you with computer virus protection, parental controls, uh, VPNs, password managers to help you stay safe from thieves on the internet. Uh, for a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners a 14-day trial plus a check of your data to see if your personal information has been leaked online all for free when you visit Aura.com slash whiskey. That's Aura.com slash whiskey. Aura, A-U-R-A dot com slash whiskey to sign up today for a 14-day free trial and start protecting you and your loved ones. Aura.com slash whiskey. Certain terms apply. Be sure to check out the site for details. Hey, bada, 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 swing, bada. Swing yourself over to my bookie and do yourself a favor and put some money down on your favorite squad to win because MLB is back. The pitch count is there. The games are shorter and tighter and way more fun than they've ever been in my personal opinion major league baseball is back and i love it so so very much let's ride this lightning all the way into october with your favorite team with my bookie start betting lock in features on your favorite club to win the world series or take advantage of crazy boosted odds via the my bookie money bag my bookie makes it simple for you to sign up and play you bet you win and they pay you want the money they got it baby sign up today at my bookie use the promo code whiskey that's this show to secure a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simple, man. Deposit $200 and you get $300 instantly to play with. Use the promo code WHISKEY to claim your bonus. Get out there and have some fun and play responsibly. Whether you're a diehard or casual fan, simply put, there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting with my bookie. You're an online sports better? You got to use my bookie. What are you doing? You bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Ginger. I like gingers. Dude, but like, you know, I, I I had this saying my whole life. I say persistence, determination, and realism realism, and wanting success more than your next breath. One could attain anything that they want. So I like, like really, oh, hey, thank you. Just He's pouring bit. me up a little more a for little those more. of you who are only listening. Um, so <laughs> why don't I just like turn into Stewie Griffin? If you're uh, listening. Persistence, determination, realism, and wanting success more than your next breath. If you have those things, I really believe that you can attain anything. A key word there being realism, because it's like, you're probably not going to the moon if you're 40 years old and you want to be an astronaut. You know what I mean? So Probably not. But by the way, if you're out there, it's some guy that's like trying. He's like, damn it. It's like building a rocket. You're going to be there. Shit. You're going to get there, buddy. You're going to get there. You're going to get but there. realism is a big part of that. Now, what I, what I only realized as of recent is the other thing is being ready. And what I mean by that is I could sit here and say, persistence, determination, realism, wanting success more than your next breath. You know what that means. Yeah. You've done it. Yeah. Anybody and everybody in the world who is successful, not just in entertainment, but in any in any in at any facet, understands that they can and have achieved all the things that they've achieved through sheer fucking determination, persistence. Blah, blah, blah. But there's like a code. Like I can sit here and say it to everybody listening and watching. If you do these things, you will be successful. But if they don't believe it and are not ready and don't yeah. understand like you have to be ready it's almost like um i was telling somebody this the other day but if you're like 20 years old and you get your heart broken by by a person and you're like 
somebody comes to you and goes, oh, shit, first time? And you're like, yeah, you don't know what it's like, man. It's like, oh, you fucking idiot. You'll be fine. Like, yeah. This is nothing. It's going to happen again, by the way. Yeah. yeah but it's in. like, you can't understand that. Sure. Because you haven't experienced it. And then I think once we, as young people who grow, experience those things and he, uh, begin heeding the advice of others and like, whoa, you said that when my heart got broken. Whoa, you said that when I, sp I blew my whole uh, check on sneakers instead of rent mm -hmm. and you start to learn and then when people give you advice you don't have to learn through it you can go i've been here before but in a different way i hear what you're saying and i'm gonna i'm gonna heed that advice you have to be ready to accept it right so anyway i don't know how the fuck we got here no i like that we're gonna keep going in these off little tangents I and i want to know by the way do you remember the first time somebody broke your heart oh yeah Give it to me. Thousand what was her name? Say her, her name. Her name. Her name is Christine. You know who you are, Christine. And she's so fucking sweet. She's like the nicest girl. Ever. Shattered you though, yeah. huh? No, she shattered me. But we were young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We were young. Like she didn't do anything wrong. She just was like, we were growing and actually, like you want to. This is deep. I've never actually told anybody this. So we were together for like four years, and we met in high school. And as we, we were in school for a while and then I moved because my mom got stabbed. So my mom, yeah, she was in the park called, hit the hard R on somebody, which she also <laughs> did to me and my siblings all the time. And she stepped out and uh, thought it was all good and then some bitch just yanked her it's up. It's just not all good. Definitely not. The N word. It's just not yeah, all good. It is. That is not a word. Yeah, no. So she know. hit someone with a hard R and they shanked her? Oh, yeah. They Where stabbed are we this talking? bitch up. Side? All, yeah, her side and in her back. Got her. A couple times. Got her. That's, yeah, that's my mom. And then, um, so I fucking leave my dad because I was living with my, well, first of all, I was with my mother, then I went to live with my dad and then my mom gets stabbed. And so I ask him if he can give me a ride and he's like, fuck that. You want to go live with your mom so much, take a bus. I'm like, daddy, my mom just got stabbed. Yeah, He's like, I don't give a fuck. I got a meeting at 730. I'm like, okay. So I take three buses. I get home. My mom's there. She's on my sister's couch. And I remember having to clean her wounds. You know what I mean? So this woman's like half naked. I'm cleaning, cleaning her wounds. And the best way to describe it is like crusted jelly. Uh, yeah, it's like gnarly. Yeah, because the, the blood's trying to clot over the wound and it keeps opening and stuff. Exactly. And Ugh. for those of you who don't know, my out there, like, you know, my mother has all children with various black men. And um, the racism that she kind of spewed upon us was extremely systemic uh, from her own family when she was bringing little black boys home at 14 years old because she finds black people so beautiful. Yeah. And yet, because somebody could be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, I know it doesn't make any sense. Welcome to mental health and illness. And, uh -huh. you know, my mother, she was a prostitute. She'd been raped and molested since a child. I mean, she's gone through so much shit that it's definitely skewed her her vision on the world. Um. But what the fuck was I saying? Because we were going on a When tangent. she got shabbed and you were cleaning oh, her yeah. wounds. And so, but no, this is all about Christine. Yeah, no, it's all about <laughs> Christine. <laughs> so I move back home and I take care of my mom and she's like back on it and dropping hard R's in no time. No, that's a joke. <laughs> a sad one that makes me want to cry. Anyway. As, she's, as you're cleaning the wound, she's yeah, just literally. saying it. She's like, anyway. Uh, no, but so through that, um, like we didn't have a car or anything, and Christine lived in a. Christine had a car for sure. No, she, she no she, no she didn't. She was she, broke too. She didn't. No, she wasn't broke, but her family was definitely uh, working class. I mean, she was Salvadorian. Had an older brother named Andy. Shout out Andy. He was amazing. Her mother was just so sweet, um, and they hated me at first. Why? Because they were like, "Oh, it's the fucking gringo." You know what I mean? Like it's oh, the they white thought, boy. They thought you were some white kid. Yeah. yeah. And then they like started coming around. They're like, oh shit, his dad's black. 
<laughs> like for real. They we were kinda like, like the this guy. No, for real. And then we broke up over some dumb shit. And then she started dating like other guys who were kind of douchebags. And I was always a really nice guy. So then when she was we kind of got back together then they were you know her her mom would be like oh mijo my son like she'd be like i love you you know because i was i was a sweet kid and yeah i was super in love with her and i think the reason that it hurt so 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 actually so there's that and then she would always want to go out and i was scared because like a couple days before i mean i'd been around crazy shit bro like fucking guns and violence and gang shit and all this other stuff but i was always a kid so in a way it was like it didn't really involve me. Like nobody's trying to like beat up a child. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. for the most part. So I'm just a kid. And then I remember the day that all changed. I was uh I was wearing an all blue um outfit because I liked blue and honestly only had two outfits because I was so poor. And I was walking home. Trust me, this all will make sense. I feel it. No, go. <laughs> and I, like I was it. Uh, I was walking home from school. Well, I was skipping school one day. And as I was skipping school, this oh shit! Excuse me for that. Leave burp. it in. I like. Sorry that. about that. Yeah. This was fucking whiskey. That's what Pappy does to you. It does. Yeah, Pappy. Pappy. So um, I'm 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 skipping school. I'm walking home, and this guy basically jumps me, just sneaks from behind, punches me in the face, and it's like this yoked black dude, and I'm like, oh shit! And I go like I turn around and I put my hands up, and I'm actually really proud that I got punched in the face, and the first thing I do is put my hands up. Yeah. But then I look at this yoked ass fucking dude. He definitely was on the on the football team. Like, I'm not even joking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 125 pounds. Like, I'm so skinny, actually. My mom used to look at me and go, Auschwitz. <laughs> Can you fucking believe that? This is a real thing. <laughs> she used so, to anyway, call you Auschwitz? She used to call me Auschwitz. Back on the train. Bro. Get back on the train, young man. That is not, I'm not even making a joke. That's right wild. Now. She used to call it, you Auschwitz. It was really fucking sick. Wasn't bro. she thin? She was a drug addict. <laughs> You're like, who are you to talk? No, she was like mid. She was mi a mid drug addict. Yeah, like, she's like in the middle. She's like she's, she she'd have like skinny legs and then like kind of like a a gut. Not a gut. I don't know. Anyway, enough about that. Okay, go so go. So back go, to me yeah. getting punched in the face. So, so you got jacked. You put your fists up. Yeah, I put my fists up, and the first thing I say, I ain't got nothing on me, because I'm like, oh, this motherfucker wants to rob me. Yeah, I ain't got nothing on me. I got I ain't got nothing on me. He's like, fuck that shit, and he's like trying to fight me. So I go in my bag and I get my knife and I whip my knife out. And when I go, whoosh, the shit goes whoosh, and it flips and falls in a pile of leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. I, I don't even know what I would have done with that knife anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, I wasn't it a violent. No, I was like, I clearly cannot, you know, even touch Black Goliath right here. Like, it's not happening. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I just got to stab this motherfucker. I don't know. I'm fighting for my life. I don't yeah. know what's going on. And then that happens. And then I just like Metal Gear Solid run the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? So I like turn and I'm running through the woods. I'm like, I feel like Forrest Gump. And then I go and then I'm like across the street from my fucking, uh, from Summit Summit Hall Elementary where I went to, to elementary school and I like hop this fence and then I'm like surrounded by all these kids on a fucking playground. And then the, the teachers are like, what the fuck? Like, who is this 14 year old, you know, skinny ass kid? Oh, I was like 16 actually, but I still, I look 12, like no joke. And so- they come up to me and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. And my face is all fucked up. Like, you know, it's like, and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, this guy, I'm like, this guy, he's trying to kill me. And they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like the crazy cat lady from the Simpsons. Like, yeah, get out of here. Like throwing <laughs> cats and fucking Garfield. And so I'm running and then uh, I run and I escape that situation. And then I like take this whole back path. Trust me, we'll get to Christine. I, I take this whole you. back path. I hop this fucking fence. I go to my neighborhood and I just, I'm trying to process everything that's happening. And I look up and I see the fucking guy. He's there. He's fucking there, <laughs> but he doesn't see me. And I'm like, 
he's walking past like trying to mission impossible like da -da -da -da, like uh -huh. trying to <laughs> avoid this guy and he lives in the fucking building right next to mine Shit. and so i'm freaking out i and that day christine and fernanda that was our our homegirl um knock on my door to like surprise me and i've been like freaking out and i'm like peeking out the blinds like who is this guy like uh -huh. i don't understand what's going on and i open my door after I'm like, is it the guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like these two cute little Latin girls. And they look at me and they go, oh, oh, poor baby. What happened? And I was like, oh, you know. Uh, you should see him, dude. Yeah. Fucked him up. I don't know what I said, but it was between the truth and a lie for sure. Sure. And so um, I go to school the next day and I find out like through whispers that the dude's a blood. Uh, and you were in all blue. And he thought I was a fucking crip. <laughs> and I'm like, crippled maybe compared to this motherfucker. Like, I can't, I, this dude was, he was, it was insane. Like, it wasn't even fair. So I'm with Christine on our way to sixth period, okay, or fifth period after lunch, science, fucking Bill Nye, okay? <laughs> she walks in, I'm sitting there, and it's like, it's like Twilight. You ever seen those movies? It's like, it's Twilight, like. Like all the kids are like moving or like like Juno when Elliot Page was walking through this thing. And you see all these people walking past and I just see this guy rubbing his face looking at me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he's mocking me going, yeah, I fucked you up. I did that to you. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I know he's waiting for me. So I'm like, uh, teacher. I need to use the restroom, like, middle of the class and fucking bolt it home. Jet. And I jet, and I go home, and I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, I, I cannot live here. I can't be here. Like, this guy wants to kill me. I didn't fucking do anything to this guy. And by mm. the grace of God, my mom gets stabbed, and I have a reason to go get the <laughs> fuck out of there. That is a joke for those of you who don't get the bit. So I'm like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of there. I go with my mom. I'm helping her out. And this courtship begins between me and christine now we had a landline but like my mom's always calling fucking what's the guy from the mega church uh joel orstein yeah joel orstein yeah joel him orstein, and shit yeah. and so i never really get to have it but we have aim aim you remember that oh, shit please bro Instant what was messenger. your screen name do you remember your screen kamikaze 6661 <laughs> which doesn't make any sense but it kamikaze 6661 but what did 6661 mean that was some like early triple six mafia three six mafia juicy mm. j shit like triple six i thought it was an address lord impa bus like that type of shit so i so i that was it and i would uh i would hit her hit her up and we would talk and i fell in love man like i fell in love really hard because i never had loved and i had never experienced what it meant to truly be loved and so she was the first person that didn't care if I was very skinny. <laughs> she didn't care uh, that I was poor. She didn't care that my parents were addicts. She just liked me. And so, man, that was the first time in my life. I mean, actually, I've never told this story. It was the first time in my life where I, I, felt, I understood that everything I saw on TV that I thought was bullshit and movies and all this shit, love, and I'm like, fuck that. It's lame. And I finally understood it. And we dated for a few years, had our ups and downs, and the biggest reason was because I never took her anywhere. Uh, and the reason I never took her anywhere is because I never left the house. And the reason I never left the house is because when I left school, I just left school. My mom didn't even stop me. 
and her fears of the outside world became my fears. You know, there's right. this Simon Pegg movie. I think it's called like a fear of everything or some shit. And I felt like that guy. And I was so scared that there was somebody was going to try to fuck me up. Somebody's going to try to stab me. Somebody was going to this, that. And I, bro, I used to do some wild shit. I used to be running around in cars on some, on some wild shit doing crazy. But I was a kid. I was yeah. going to live forever. Nothing was going to fuck with me. And then it all hit me all at once. When you were a young man, then it seeped into your system. So then Christine, you know, she's getting fucking sick of the fact that she's always inviting me to the movies. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a ride. And she goes, uh, me and my friends will pick you up. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And she's like, I'll pay for you. And I'm like, I, uh, uh, I'm allergic like, to movies. And I just, I did that for like fucking two and a half years straight. Damn. And here's this girl, you know, she's in high school. She just wants to have fun. She wants to go out. She wants to show off her man. She wants to this and that. And I was so scared of nothing. Like, don't get me wrong. Where I'm from in fucking Maryland, like, it's wild. People it was real. To get it you. was it, real. It you was were scared real, of something. But I was scared at the possibility. Sure. And I think that's where a lot of fear holds a lot of people back. Like, I was extremely um, scared of airplanes. I almost bought a million-dollar tour bus, like fucking John Madden or DJ Khaled. Right. right? Because I was so deathly afraid. But I was like, fuck that shit. Like, we're going to get through this. And I did therapy and all this other stuff. And now I fly and it's no problem. Slightly elevated fear, I think, more than your average person. But who gives a shit? Why did planes hit you so hard? What was about planes? Oh, dude, that's another story, man. Okay. <sighs> fuck. Did let something just, happen on a plane? Let me just finish yeah, this finish super Christine. quick about, about, about Christine. And so after her, don't forget planes. After that, you know, she was like, I can't take this shit anymore. Da, 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 da. And I was like, no, like, don't. And then she wouldn't talk to me. I, I didn't blow her up, nothing crazy, but she just didn't want to talk to me. And then eventually she missed me, you know what I'm saying? And, and As they do. As they do. And she kind of hit me up, and then that's when I was very honest. I was like, you know what? Those few years and why I didn't do X, Y, Z, it was because this happened to me. And she was like, oh, my God. Why the fuck didn't you just tell me that? And that was a big part of growth as a young man and understanding communication yeah. and X, Y, Z. And if I had just been, if I had been utterly and unapologetically myself, which is the man you see in front of you, seriously. This is who I this am. This is who the fuck I am, bitch. <laughs> yes, girl. And I don't give a shit. And it's like, but it took a long time to get there. And that was one of those experiences. And she, she, um, if you're out there, Christine from Gaithersburg High and your brother and your family and everybody, thank you for being uh, my first love and showing me what it means to uh, be accepted by somebody. I really, I really appreciate you. We love you, Christine. And shout out Andy, but go yeah, by Andrew Andy. because you're a grown man now. <laughs> Cut that yeah. shit out. And he had like a tow truck and I was like so scared like he was going to murder me. Like <laughs> tow truck coming. Andy? Yeah, it was a tow yeah, truck. Your, your high school, by the way, your high school girlfriend's older brothers, my high school girlfriend, I was so fucking scared of both of her brothers. The, the, the one of them was like a thick boy, the thickest He's shit. A thick boy. He was a thick boy. He was a, a fucking, what's his name from H3? Uh, oh, he calls himself a thick boy. Ethan, Ethan, yeah, yeah a thick yeah. boy. Mm -hmm. He was thick, and they were both very nice to me, even though I was dating their younger sister. Mm. But fuck, man, I was so scared all the time around those guys. I, How old were you? Uh, we met when I was sixteen. Were you boning? Yeah, mm. yeah, we was boning, yeah, dude. You know they know. Oh, they know. Because that's the thing too. It's like Andy would drop off his sweet little innocent <laughs> sister. Yeah. She's yeah. just getting railed out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, that's a, that's yeah. a joke. I'm, it's it was no, Andy. It's not a joke. That was joke, real. That's what happened. But it Andy. wasn't. I'm just. It was sweet. It was nice. Clapping them cheeks, Aunt. No, it was so chill. <laughs> no, it I was, was so scared of. I was so scared of them because they 
they had that older brother domineering thing. And this is what I, I have a little sister who I know when she has guys that I'm like, I always have to check myself. Like my mom will say it. She'll be, she'll be like, be fucking nice. Yeah. Because my immediate reaction is to be like, what's up, bitch? Cause, yeah, because sure. you have, it's like a part of your, yeah. the dude thing of my little sister. So I know that I'm trying because they're, that fear that they instilled in me was so heavy when I, when I was dating this girl that I was like, every time I saw them in the kitchen, I would avoid going into the kitchen because I didn't want to pass them and make them be like, what's going on? So I didn't want to talk. You know, I was so scared all the fucking time. So I avoided it like the plague, man. I And shout out to uh, Laura's brothers. Oh, where, shit, wherever, Laura. Laura's brothers, wherever they are. Noise. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened, by the way. We didn't, we never hooked up. We never, no, we lost our virginity to each other. And they know that. I traded a bottle of Captain Morgan's to lose my virginity for a hotel room key. You know, I, wow. That's a bar. Shout out Marco Island, bro. I, I, we got to get back to airplanes. Yep. I consider the first time that me and Christine had sex to be the first time that I uh, lost my virginity. When the true story is. Because you actually lost your virginity way, way before that? Yeah, it was a couple years before. Do you know the story? I think I've heard you say it. Super long story short, I thought I had herpes. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I was, I was, I was. With By the way, the- you do. I don't. You do, I, I, but it's not there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Doesn't everybody? Kind of... Yeah, it's like COVID. You got it at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, I, super long story short, I'm at this little party, and there's this chick. She's like 23. I'm like 15. Yeah. So I'm like, nice. <laughs> but really, there's- What is she doing? It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on? Anyway, so I got this like 16-year-old rubber <laughs> in my wallet. Mm-mm. I put it on. She jumps on me, does her thing. I remember immediately afterwards, I was like, ugh, that's sex. Like I, ugh, like, I remember thinking that, that's sex. And I went in the fucking bathroom and I, like, went to t- take the condom off and just everything just spewed all over the place because I didn't know how to take it off. Yeah, right, right. Yikes. And then- um, You're like, this is how I die. And then, like, the next day, there was, like, this rash all over my nads and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? I have herpes. I can't believe it. And it was like, ugh. And then that had kind of cleared up. A week goes by and I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends. It's me, two other homies little sleepover, hang out, watching anime, playing video games. And um, we were watching a commercial, and this this Valtrex commercial comes on, and it goes, one in three people have herpes. <laughs> and I look at my friends, I'm like, fuck, I'm the one, one in three. two, three. It's me, dude. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Turns out I just uh, had a thing to, with latex. That latex allergic. That's a little it. bit. Just Easy. Slight. Yeah. So back to planes. Give me the planes. Why the planes? Why are you panicked on planes? <laughs> I... um. Never had a prop. Well, my first ever time that I flew on a plane, it was like to Florida, um, to this record label that wanted to sign me. It's like 2011-ish. You still living in Maryland at the time? Yep, still yeah. in Maryland. And I get on this fucking pro- propeller plane. A, what? Really? Like a puddle jumper, yeah, down to Florida. From Maryland? I know. That's really a long weird. enough flight where they would take a big plane. And then like one of the engines was fucked up. Yeah, of course. And they, and they say that. They're like, oh, one of the engines is fucked up. They said it just like that. Don't tell like, me that. And then I'm like- this is your captain speaking? One of the engines is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> so they're basically saying, "Oh, maintenance issues, maintenance issues, whatever." And then they shit. figure it out. We're there for like six thousand years, and they figure it out. And then they go, "Well, uh, the issue was uh, with one of the propellers in the engine, but uh, we got it all worked out. It wasn't the way we wanted to get it fixed, but we got it fixed." And I go, "What the fuck did you use? <laughs> duct tape and gum? Yeah, yeah, dude. What kind of shit is that? I don't want to hear that my first flight. Elmer's glue. Yeah, we got it. So I was, <laughs> we got it. So I was a little, I was a little, um, 
I don't know why it just hit me. Whiskey ginger. Duh. Yeah. I don't know why. It just hit you now? You're a ginger. Yeah, that's right. What, what am I, an idiot? And we're drinking whiskey. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Um, so needless, needless to say, it was a, it was a wild flight. Uh, but then I was fine for the next two years, and it was sometime in 2013. I was with uh, my manager and my attorney, Paul Rothenberg. Shout out to Paul Roth. Shout out to Paul Roth, who's Shout a fucking out. real one and educated me every step of the way. There's a lot of people that like to keep artists ignorant. and he, Oh, that's how they make the most money. That's real. And my team, they always taught me about every point, every piece of publishing, every deal, every master, every quote. And that's the same thing that I am applying and teaching to my father and my brothers when I hand over that, that publishing that's to good. me for this album. But anyway. So I'm just there with Paul, and Paul's like, hey, man. He doesn't really sound like that. But <laughs> no, I but I like it. Hey, like, man. He's like, what? He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I got to fly tomorrow. What are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I got to fly tomorrow, too. He's like, yeah, man. Am I right? And I'm like, what? He's like, you know? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, man. It's like in a flying metal death machine, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, flying, man. You're just... You know, he's like, I got a Papa Zan every once in a while. And I'm like, what? Like, I just never thought about it. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's really, it's like, how's this thing even in the air? You're like, well, and, lift. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I pay it no mind. And we finish our steak. Mm. I wake up the next day, not hungover because I wasn't drinking at the time, which is great because I didn't drink till I was 27. But anyway, I, uh, I'm on this plane. Shit's cool. I'm already in there. I've been in the air for like Where three are you hours. Going? I'm going to LA from New York. Yeah. The big one. Yeah, that's a long one. And I'm like, uh, just vibing. And then a little turbulence hit. And just this, you know that sound where it's like, ding dong, on the plane. Mm-hmm. That happened in my head. And it was like, here comes the fear. Mm. And it hit me. I was like, holy shit, this thing could fucking go down at any minute. And then there's this baby that's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. And I'm smoking hella cigarettes and e-cigs like don't even exist yet. So I'm like fucking like digging into my central nervous system, freaking out. And I start thinking about this and I just see like corpses and like everybody just dying. And it's Jesus. like, yeah, it's like flight 745 American. And I'm just like, this is it, man. This is it. This <laughs> And I felt that way for the next, like, fucking five years. What a nightmare. Every time I got on a flight, every time. And you know what? Sometimes it was cool. Yeah. Sometimes it was it was so nice until you hit that fucking, like, like lost. Like, it's like lost. I'm like, yeah. And, and the worst is, is when, like, somebody's, oh, I don't know, next to me watching flight. You know what I mean? Or some, like, crazy-ass movie about airplanes. And I'm like, why are you watching this right now? And not to mention, I was not in first class. I always was in the back with the homies because I was like, oh, no, I ain't bougie. I'm like, we ride together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would, I, for years and years. But I didn't start taking first class flights till 2017. What hit you to change that you were like, fuck it, I'm good. It's not going to crash. Um, I didn't say that it wasn't going to crash. I accepted that it could, but like, what so the what? fuck, bro? And it isn't even a so what because like a lot of what. I got a son. It's a lot of what you know. I'm rich. No, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, why your son is like. Mm. He's like, give it to me, daddy. I'll t- um, I, I sat next to a pilot, and I'll tell you the thing that covered me because I travel for a living. Like, I mean, we yeah. were always on planes. I just went on a plane from Australia for sixteen and a half hours. I haven't done that big one yet. You're going to. I'm I excited. talked to your boy about it. You're going to go. You're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. But I, dude, honestly, uh, I talked to a pilot one time when I was traveling a bunch, and he goes, he sat next to me, and a, a retired pilot, 
of like 40 years or something. He was a military guy, then he flew commercial. And he and it was really bumpy, man. It was crazy bad. And I've been on flights that were so bad. Oh, yeah. I've been on a million of those. Hate him. At this point in my career, I've been on a million of them. And uh, I've been on one coming out of Denver. We were fighting a storm going over the mountains, and that was a whole nother thing. That one, I actually was like, damn, dude, this is bad. Like, and I never get that way. Uh, but a pilot said to me, never in the, in, the, in the current history of commercial aviation has an aircraft gone down from turbulence, turbulence, simply from turbulence. He's like, that's Damn. impossible. It doesn't exist. That, yeah. that, science, that science doesn't exist. And I was like, yeah, but what if this is the first time the science flips it on its head? He was like, it just isn't a possibility. He goes, well, you're more worried about mechanics going wrong. And I was like, that doesn't help. Yeah, he but- was like, yeah, but, don't, but the bumps, he goes, the bump thing, that's got to go in your mind. He goes, the logical thought is, what if an engine goes out or what if I da 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 He's like, that makes sense, but it's also illogical. But he goes, the logic you're using about the bumps, he goes, that's the that should be last in line about your panic. I also then understood the concept of what turbulence is and yeah. hot air, cold air, right. pockets, all this, whatever. The, I mean, technically, uh, 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 a pilot would tell you that there's not really, like pockets don't exist. They but don't that's exist, just a term yeah. that But I use. like it because it makes me think, we already did it. Once yeah. you feel the hit, it's like, well, it's way back there already. Yep. We're going 570 miles an hour. It's already over. That is a that is a real thing. But also the best part is when I start when I moved to first class. Now, little, now you a, really don't care. Got a little less claustrophobic. Started drinking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's when I started. Once you put the sauce in. Oh man! Then I'm like, woo! This is fucking awesome. Stay up for a couple more hours. Yeah, yeah, Do seriously. some loops. So that was uh, that was airplanes. And it and it changed you. Now now you're a changed man. Uh, yes, so. I need to ask you because I want to know. I'm eight a, inches. I, I'm a bit. Is it really? It is. Okay, we took it's a actually, vote online. Everybody voted. It's a Comcast. And the the polls control. are in, and we have here. Everyone voted online. I asked everyone beforehand. Seven point six eight was the common. Okay. Seven point six eight. So not bad. And, oh, black. Christine, I just got a text from Christine. Oh, shit. <laughs> now I want to know because look, I grew up a Chicago kid who, in my era, were close close enough in age where we grew up in similar. Uh, worlds of hip hop in terms of what what we liked, I imagine as youth. Um, I want to know because I was an indie rap kid. I was an indie. I was a backpack kid. I loved that shit when I was really. A kid. Yeah, I loved it when I was a kid. That was like my favorite. I mean, in Chicago, I, I felt get the vibe you like fuck with like America. You, you know, you know America. Yeah, I like America. Yeah, but I feel like I just look at what you. I, okay, I... I'll tell you what I got into as a kid. I loved Midwest rap. Midwest indie rap kind of started to so brew. like Eminem. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, even more like like like, a, a, like I liked I liked uh, Sage Francis and oh, Atmosphere dope. and oh, yeah, yeah, all the yeah, Rhyme yeah, Sayers yeah. guys. Oh, for and, sure, yeah. and and all that stuff kind of shout out Slug and Ant. Love, love, yeah, love, yeah. love, and that was kind of what I started to fall in love with was going to these indie rap shows, like yeah. these small bowl. They used to, there was a place called the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. I don't even know. I doubt it's there. It's been a long time, but it was an old bowling alley. They turn into whoa, uh, that sounds cool. It was a music venue, and that's where I first saw Atmosphere, and mm. I saw. Uh, mediocre and uh, idea and abilities and like all oh, these guys. Wow, you know your shit. Oh dude. come on, man. Yeah, we can dig. That's we can, amazing. We can dig real deep. Wow. But I, but I saw those guys there, and that was like my obsession. My obsession. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I think my high school girlfriend, who I was talking about, hated me was because I would bring her to these shows, and I think she was like, "I don't like this shit." I, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. because it was like a cultural vibe that you wanted. Yeah. To, plus, it's also like too many dicks. There's like too many. It's all dudes. Dicks on it's the dance all floor, dudes. You know it's all dudes. It's all dudes. Uh. <laughs> But my, but, but that was my, that was my little world of hip hop was that. And then I slowly grew into like, you know, commercial, larger names, commercial names. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, but I want to know your, um, what was your dirty little guilty pleasure of hip hop when you were a kid? Like you wouldn't have told anybody. Chingy. 
Chingy. I like the way you do that right. Third. Uh, Chingy's the first hip hop album I ever bought. That was the first one? Yeah. What do you think mine was? Guess. It was a tape, by the way. It was a cassette tape. I don't fucking know. You know how many goddamn artists there are? Yeah, I know, but but I'm 30. Oh, wait, your guilty pleasure? Well, no, it wasn't my guilty. My first album, my first, well, my first record oh, okay. that I bought was. What year was it? I was in junior Ish. high, so this had to have been uh, uh, 90. This had to have been what? 90. It's like 1930. 97, 98. 97, 98. 97, 98. Uh, white or black? Was the artist white or black? Yes. Was there any white artist other than Eminem around that time? Yeah. Who? Fucking MC Search. So many different people who searched. But that was things. before then. Search. But there was, was a lot. Then. But you even said, well, I mean, okay. Agree. Okay. So you know what black. I mean? Yeah, they were black. They group were black. or solo? Uh, it was a group. How many members? That's going to give it away, I feel no, like. No, it's fucking, you know how many goddamn members there are? You got two, you got four, you got this, you got that? Three. Ooh. Slum Village? No, but that's a great Ooh. guess. That's a really good guess. Okay, that's a, there's my guess. That's then. a good guess. So who It was it? West Side Connection. Oh, dope. Yeah, that was it. That's deep. Bow down. I used to, in junior high. I just I, can imagine you, though, this white ginger who's like, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Me and all my people who I know. And... Me and all my friends. Yeah, for I'll sure. just say friends instead of, West Side Connection was my first. My guilty pleasure was probably Nelly. That was my guilty pleasure. I know, but like, who didn't, doesn't? No, but Love I Nelly. but I tried in that era. Country I, grammar. Like, I know, what? but I was so into like backpack hip hop. So what? That back then it was like Nelly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They did. They would. Everyone was like, "What How stupid is that?" By the way, it was when dumb. You look, when you look back in retrospect on like who you thought was lame, it was bullshit. Or like da, da, da. It's so stupid. No, because by the way, that record was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it was one of the biggest records of all time. all time of like, all time in hip hop and whatever. Like, Period. Bro, what country grammar? So and, good. like, what a fucking fire title. Country grammar, like, dude, what? I know. And he had the bandaid. I had a bandaid. Who didn't have a bandaid? The bandaid made. I was everybody. walking around. People would be like, "Why are you wearing that? You trying to be like Nelly?" I was like, "No, <laughs> cut myself." Yeah, I was playing ball. Someone got yeah. someone fingernail in my face. <laughs> exactly. that, that's all that was. Yeah, what was sure. your What was your biggest? I don't want to sound like it's an interview question, it's but truly, good. but no, but truly, like, what was your? Was there ever a record? That when you listen to it, really made you go, I, I I want this is what I want, I want to write like this, I want to perform like I want this. Uh yeah, I remember exactly what it was. It's, it's how I discovered Nas actually. Um, like I had been rapping and shit, but when I heard this, I was like, oh my god, it was a New York State of Mind. Part oh my two god, is that such a good from song. the I Am? It's the second one, right? I know. From, yeah, from the I Am album. Which I think people kind of shit on. I loved it. That's I like the I Am album. That's also how I discovered Nas. And then you're like, oh shit, it was written God's son, fucking Illmatic. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like then, then you're like, okay. And you know what it is. Not to discredit that one by any means, but that was like my gateway Nas. <laughs> that was album. gateway Nas drugs. Yeah. And I heard that and he was just, he was just like talking about being cuffed to the radiator. Da, 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 like just, just like what I was living. Like yeah. the shit I was seeing and being in section eight and fucking just. I don't know. I have like I have like memories of being in my dad's tiny fucking kitchen with Uncle Mike, who's like, you know, smoking and everybody's got an Uncle Mike, every, by the way. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Uncle Mike. And I'm like cooking this egg sandwich. I would always cook an egg sandwich because we're broke. So it's like you got eggs, you got bread, you got some cheese. That's kind of it. Some eggs, butter, bread, peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. You have like five things in the fridge. <laughs> you're lucky. Yeah, max. So I'm like, I just remember like listening to Nas and like making myself these 
Auschwitz sandwiches that I had. You know, that's all I had. <laughs> Fucking mom, dude. <laughs> your mom. That shit stuck with me, dude. How could you say that to your son? Yeah, but it's funny, dude. You got to give her it's credit. It's funny. She's still alive? She is. I wish we spoke. I haven't talked to my mom in well over a decade. Maybe this new world with your father will introduce that other thing. I don't think so. Doubt it. The reason why is because it's real different with her. Sure. It's just so different. I'm proud of her. I've heard she stopped smoking cigarettes. She's done no drugs in forever. She's done with alcohol. She's just devoting her whole life to the Lord. Good. <laughs> you got to find, find finding God for people. If it works, it works. Yeah, I mean. It worked for my uncle, my Uncle Mike. That's great. Uncle Moved Mike. down to Florida, found God. This one's a little different. <laughs> yeah. You know, my yeah, mom probably. found God, but like, you know, you know, we're Christian one weekend. She's hanging out with her girlfriend of 20 years. They're screaming and yelling. Well, before they're screaming and yelling, they're hanging. Everything's great. Then she's like, we're Catholic now because Aunt Carol's Catholic. Okay. So she's just switching denominations like fucking chips at a poker table. You know what I mean? Why not, though? You know, whatever. Whatever makes you happy. Play the hand that that you want. My mother was like, don't you ever take the Lord's name in vain. God damn it, you motherfucker. (laughs) Like, that was my mom. Yeah. And I think I would love to have a relationship with my mother, but every time I reach out, um, something stops. Something stops it, whether it. Her phone is off. She doesn't answer. She mm. da, 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 da. My my brothers, my sisters being like, don't do it. She's not. It's just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You're good. Right. You're over here. How many you got, brothers and sisters? Uh, I'm one of nine, but I'm an only child wow. between. Only child between the, the original. Yeah, between my, my mother and father. So One of nine. One of nine, yeah. You talk to all nine? No. You talk to two or three? I talk to, shit, I got to do the math. Two, three, four, five, five. Five out of nine is pretty good, it's man. Pretty good. Pretty good odds. Pretty. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I got. I have a. I have a bunch from my father, but it's you know it's different because we're not. Uh, we we don't know each other. We're like humans that exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like humans that coexist. I wish well upon. For sure. Them. I would hope. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, but honestly, that's like saying I don't fucking know them. I don't know them from a guy that's sitting at a restaurant next door. It's like I. They, I've. You ever had somebody like come up and be like, I'm your cousin. Like that's happened to me. It's wild. I had a, I had a, (laughs) I did. I had the, uh, I might be your sister shit. Oh shit. Which is fucking nuts. Was she a firecrash? No, dude. She was, she's half, half Latino. Oh. Because my dad is Sicilian. My dad is is Siciliano. My dad is Italian. Oh, that's so real. This is where the Irish, my mother's, my dad Santino is Italian. So he doesn't, we don't look anything alike. I mean, I couldn't look further away from that guy. I look like the map of fucking Ireland, but <laughs> he's a he's a guinea. He's a fucking he's a dago. And she was, uh, her mother was, uh, Latino or Latinx or whatever the fuck. And I think she's close in age to I me. I just say Latin now. It doesn't. It's all bullshit. That's I don't all know. Bullshit. I used to say Spanish, but like that's like bullshit. That's bullshit. Spanish. That's like super ignorant. You know. But like when when we were young, that just was. A, I feel like Latinos cool. would say it's Latino is not a rude phrase. I just say Latin yeah, because Latin. it's like I I don't want to call because here's the other thing respectfully let's here we get, go let's not get too deep into into this no let's hit it hard I don't know about that but um, <laughs> Latino Latina then you're automatically saying whether they're male or oh female, right 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 and then it's a whole thing yeah but the whole irony of that language is all based in male and female nouns and pronouns so that's the weirdest yeah you part mean about like language, language? yeah like that, all that's language? the weirdest fucking thing in the world anyway come hot, on hot take hot Hey. I don't know how facts are a hot take. Anyway, we'll yeah, no, no, that. no, no, dude, you're not, you're not stepping on any toes by saying the truth. When I learned it, when you learn a different language, you learn, you learn 
male, female, and neutral, and that's yeah. just a part of how you learn language. This is how, this is how I feel. However, the fuck you want to be called, you could be one. You could be one called she, her, him, lampshade. I don't give a fuck. You tell me what you, you want. know. Lampshade. That's what it is. Lampshade. That's my dog. That's my guy. <laughs> lampshade. Yeah. So it's like yeah, whatever you want. I couldn't care less. That's. But I think most people of our youth of the youth world, and I mean that like anyone under fifty, feels that way. Yeah, I feel like there's a narrative that people don't feel that way. You're like, no, no, no. No one gives a fuck. Nobody under a certain but age it's like, range. Why cares. argue that? Like if that's somebody not, yeah. wants to be called this and somebody. If like, look, I ain't trying to be no. All right, I'm just keeping it real. Welcome if back so, to keeping if it real. Somebody's down to alter their fucking body and genetic code with hormones and all this other shit. Whatever you want, man. And they want to piss in a girl's bathroom. Fucking be my guest. I piss in a girl's bathroom. Yeah, I don't think anybody's out here like making a thirty year plot on how to like completely change everything about themselves so that they can be weird in another. Big bathroom. plot though, by the way. That's right. a good movie. <laughs> so Jerry Brockheimer presents. I'm just like, man, we got to love each other. I don't know. 30 year plan. I agree with that. We do have to. I ev- think people, we but do. they just, everybody's angry and everybody has a an opinion and every, that's why I just be, I'll be out of this shit. I'll be staying out. Well, well, let me ask you something for real. This is a good, because I. Eight I, inches, I, motherfucker. I see, told okay, you. Okay. But 7.68 is what it said on the internet. That's not what it what is. Peop- what I want. shit gets said on the internet. It's not true. Yeah, it does. Everything that's on the internet is true. Every single thing that's uttered on the internet is true. None of that can be false. Okay. When you. When you kind of made a transition to like <laughs> funny choice, I know that's why I got to put it in. This Not when you you didn't you didn't you didn't uh, retire is a weird word, but you took a break or you stepped away for a second. I did retire, and I said I was retiring, but it's I didn't not a retirement. It bullshit. It is bullshit. I didn't know that. Yeah, you did like a jo- you did like Jordan. I'll be back, but you didn't know you'd be back. <laughs> no, I didn't know. But I'm. But my point is, not knowing you and then meeting you now and you know, knowing you know you, what would be really great, huh? If I could just piss. You want to piss right now? Yeah. You got to pee? I mean, we're going to be here a while, aren't we? No, well, no, no, we don't have a, no. You know what? What do you mean? We don't need to end it. This is fucking great. What do you got? You got to be somewhere? Yeah, man, I got a train to catch. Okay. To Auschwitz. <laughs> Chill. Come on, bro. You did it. No, I didn't. You did it, my not mom me. Your did mom it. did it. My mom did it. I just repeated what my mom said. You no. can't cancel me for saying Yeah, I'm you're not... getting canceled. You're getting canceled. I want to get canceled because my mom said what she said about me. She said. She said what she said, and you know what she said. I mean, I got time. I got easily another 15 minutes in this chair. But then you just pee, saying, and if... then you come. No, I'm you... just saying, if I got a piss, I could be here another 30 minutes like it's nothing. But how about this? Okay. Let's do five. Okay. It's gonna be longer than that, right? So, Maybe so you know. we'll see. But I'll but we'll I'll make sure see. I'll make sure that you don't have to piss. What were you gonna say? <laughs> when you when when you felt this kind of influential wave, when you when you wrote this your song about about suicide, yeah, one hundred, right? yeah. Was your mindset then so different than it is now that when you came out of quote unquote retirement, uh, that whole what was happening back then to you makes more sense now? Do you know what I mean by that? Did you experience a level of clarity that brought you back into wanting to come out of retirement? Because back then you were feeling a type of way with your own personal issues and depression and anxiety and anger and go on and on and on and on. Do you now in retrospect understand why that did what it did to you and why you now came back? Was there yeah. a big leap in your in your life? Yeah, I. Uh, it really hurt when people said nasty shit about me. Sure. And uh, it really angered me that I let it hurt me. Uh, it, 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 it angered me that I could be upset. Why? You know, people saying you ain't black or you're not this enough, that enough, good enough, hood enough, rich enough, successful enough, broken enough. You're not, 
Everywhere I go, it was just like, you're not, you're not, you're not. And I was like, yes, the fuck I am. It's a yeah. fact I am. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. No. And they say wild shit. Hope my baby dies. Call my wife ugly. Say I don't deserve to live. You know? And you read these things and you read just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands and thousands. thousands yeah. And you just see it and see it and see it and see it and see it. To the point you start to believe it, you know? I remember... Joe Budden said I was the worst rapper to ever grace the microphone in the history of hip hop. <laughs> and I read that. I have to laugh. It's so <laughs> wild. It's funny. It's funny because it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. But anyway, so shout out to Joe. Wishing him nothing but love and happiness. That's a real, that's not a joke. Yeah. That is not a joke. That, is, that was the wildest I shit. I remember watching that laughing. Yeah, so I, I was like, this must be a you joke. You were laughing. I was crying. But I, like, but I, I thought it must be a, I thought crying. that was a bit. I was like, this must be a bit. Because it's so ludicrous. But anyway, so I saw that. And you know where I was when I when I when I saw that? Mm. I was in a fucking sold out arena for my show. Sure. And I go on stage because that's what the fuck we do. Doesn't matter what's going on in our life, right. with the exception of like death. Yeah. We get the fucking job done. And I went up on that stage and I left it off stage. And every once in a while, mid 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 set, it might pop in. It was just Joe Budden being like, <laughs> logic, logic. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, you know that? No, I'm I'm kidding. But I'm on stage and they're singing all my lyrics. And I mean, just 15,000 people just screaming my lyrics. And then I get off stage and I go back to the internet and I'm like, I am a fraud. I am a phony. I am all the things they're saying. I, I, and I start to believe it. And it's like, bro, you're in reality. And in reality, you're in a sold out arena. And so it was things like that. That's not it. Cause, cause that's the, that's where the, you know, complex or some lame fucking douche publication that sucks and isn't what it used to be. Because all you do is fucking try to be TMZ now. Every single one of you out there, you fucking lames. <laughs> try to take me telling you a real story, and then they'll go. Joe Budden is the reason Logic retired. Of course, and that's yes, not it. No, I know. It was one of a million, and I was just like, I can't fucking deal with this shit anymore. And then people were saying, you got to have tough skin. You got to this, you got to that, you got to do whatever. And I was so angry with myself that I let it hurt me. Yeah. And after stepping away for about three years, having a child, really realizing, you have kids? No, not Just yet. Just wait. Yeah. And then you really realize what matters most. And honestly, from about 2018-ish to six months ago, I was off the internet. I just wasn't on it. Here and there, I would tap in a little bit, this and that. And through therapy, I realized things. And I've been saying this as I meet cool people like yourself and, and I talk to your audience and I'm blessed enough to be able to talk to your audience. I, I, I tell them the truth. And what I say is, is that I learned a lot about myself through therapy. And though I was so angry at myself that it hurt, it's okay that these things hurt. It's okay when somebody goes, I hope your baby dies. <laughs> it's okay to go, oh. And I was so angry at myself that it hurt, but I realized it's okay that it hurts. I'm a sensitive, emotional human being. I'm a fucking, I'm not a machine. I'm not a T-1000 over here. I'm not fucking Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Somehow that's, there's a hard R yeah. here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> it's Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Somebody's going to cancel you for that. It's great. <laughs> so I, I realized I was like, it's okay that it hurts. Yeah. And what I'm in control of is how much I let it hurt me, truly, and how long I let it hurt me. So when somebody says some wild shit, you know, um, I'm nowadays I'm just like, 
Fuck him. Fuck him. Like for real. And sometimes it could still hurt a little bit, but I'm just like, fuck him. Yeah. Like I really look at my life and that's the funny part of, of the bit when I go and I do some of these shows and I'm like, I'm fucking rich. Everybody else is broke. I don't give a shit. <laughs> There's kind of some truth to that, but not, <laughs> not like an asshole. It just makes me realize, bro, you, yeah. you spent your whole life facing adversity. You came out the other side. You're a fucking good guy. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Show yourself some love. Laugh at it. And keep it fucking pushing, man. Fact. Fact. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's where you're at. Uh, let me say this to the audience. Uh, I'm excited for them to pay more attention to this new album that's coming out with your father. That's who knows one. what it's called, but it's yeah. going to be called Family Affairs with a Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and it's going to be a, a no limit record. Um, oh, shit. And, uh, and also, I appreciate you coming through. Um, I'm a fan. I like your shit a lot. I think you're a great dude. Thanks, man. Um, I wish you much more success in your future. Congrats on this new baby. We end the show the same way so you can go tinkle and we're done. <laughs> you look in that camera right there this and you say one word or one phrase to take us home. It's going to embed itself in history forever on the internet. So in that camera, one word or one phrase to end the episode whenever you're ready. Go ahead. Be nice to yourself. In here... We pour whisk, 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 whisk. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me five dollars for the whiskey and seventy-five dollars for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.